Hello and welcome back to a bonus episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? I am really excited because we are here to talk about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes, super excited for this. I think I even mentioned this on yesterday's release, right? Like, it, like I don't, I didn't know enough about Shang Chi that this was something that I feel like I was going in just super clean slate, you know. And I, yeah. I didn't do a lot of research on it either for that reason. Um, and so this was really fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's not often, not only for me with a lack of comic book knowledge, but just at the point in which we are in the MCU where everything is a sequel now, it's not often you get an origin story like this or right. an, an, another character to the tapestry of the MCU. So it's just exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was super fun, super exciting, you know, to go to see this. Yeah. Well, it's clear that if you downloaded this episode, you know we're going to be talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, The way we're going to handle this is we do have some pre-spoiler thoughts here. So if you have not seen the movie yet, but you just kind of wanted a taste of what it's like, this section's for you. Uh, By the time we get to the end of it, you'll hear an audio cue, which will take us to the spoiler zone. So, before we get there, Jude, what are your pre-spoiler thoughts for Shang-Chi? I have a couple of things. Uh, First... The soundtrack was great. Yes. I've been listening to it since. Um, I brought my oldest with me to see it. Um, I didn't I didn't see it by myself, but I, would, I do want to mention, like, I brought my oldest with me. Uh, I didn't want to go at first, but I was like, You're, you need to go. You got to go see this. I mean, loves to watch anime, you know, and, and very much, like, wants to learn Mandarin you know, just really fascinated with Asian culture. And like, you got to see this movie. You don't get to stay home. Um, so she begrudgingly went and then she's afterwards was just like, oh, thank you so much for making sure that I went, you know. <laughs> uh, so that was that was a fun experience to, to get to see that uh, together. Um, and then the other one was just, I, is this, we're still pre-spoiler thoughts. Um, right. So let me just put it this way. Uh it was what I was expecting. It didn't disappoint when it came to cinematography and choreography. Yes. And I'll leave it there. Okay. And you. Initial thoughts. Go. I have done my best to separate recency bias and the general feeling of hype coming out of the movie. But I have stood to this What I texted you after watching it. I said this is a top five MCU movie. After thinking about it, this is in my top three. It's Endgame, Winter Soldier, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Wow. So, I absolutely love this movie. So what did what did it bump? It bumped Spider-Man, I think. Dude. Yeah. I'll have to go back and check because I think we did, we did our top five in the very first pilot episode. I couldn't remember if it was Spider-Man, but I think that's the one that got bumped down. Okay, wait a minute. What were your top three again? Endgame, Endgame. Winter Soldier... And Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Then Iron Man 3 and Doctor Strange. Yeah, of course you would bump Spider-Y over Cap. Okay. What? I mean, is that a surprise? No, it's not a surprise. It's it's, (laughs) it's, it's not. I love Spider-Man, but (laughs) that just speaks to how great this was. Yeah. And to to kind of uh, sum up my pre-spoiler thoughts, I think the thing that was 
outstanding is that this movie marries the action and the story flawlessly. So often when we're talking about shows, uh, specifically the movies, but sometimes the Disney Plus shows, we enjoy action scenes where there is a narrative meaning for the action and not just like a spectacle. This had everything we talk about, about clear communicated goals, a thrilling ramp up of those difficulties as those goals change because, you know, the the fights evolve. And it's it's just really satisfying to watch. And in hand with that, because the movie feels so meticulously plotted, each scene plays off the one before it and sets up the one next that the pacing, I didn't think about time at all in this movie. Like it was just one great paced movie from start to finish. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if I can, and again, I might be biased in this. So like I already talked about how it's shot up to my top three. So this might, I don't know how much weight this holds, but I also wrote down this. Simu Liu has put Shang-Chi in the realm of Captain Rogers, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man for me. Like, that, like, I need him in every movie now because I cannot wait to see him pop up. I wonder how long it will take to get them in, to get him into something else. Fingers crossed, not not too long, yeah. but we'll see. Then it, well, because, well, I mean, you mentioned Doctor Strange. You know, Doctor Strange had his movie, and then we didn't see him again until Infinity War. Well, and then, if you, unless you count Ragnarok. Ragnarok, but... <sighs> it is and it isn't. <sighs> Well, okay, so to give you an idea, Ragnarok, because it slipped my mind, it wasn't that significant in terms of screen time and what he did, you know. Mm -hmm. It's what we want from a connected universe, but it's not what we want if you're a fan of Doctor Strange. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And so that, mm -hmm. that's why I was like, you know, when are we going to get to see Shang-Chi again? Yeah. So- one more thing to wrap up my pre-spoiler thoughts and we can jump into the spoiler zone because I feel like we're tiptoeing on the edge there. It's something I actually tweeted about, I think, when the first trailer dropped where, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Black Widow. I've been enjoying my time with the Disney Plus shows, but Black Widow was a prequel. The Disney Plus shows feel like a lateral, even if it is much needed, but a lateral step with the characters that we are getting to know closer. Mm -hmm. This feels like the first firm step forward. Um, and it's it was exciting to see that this this era of the MCU begin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I told you that um, prior to you seeing it was was a similar sentiment of just the excitement of seeing this at like it felt like seeing a Marvel movie for the first time, even though I'd seen mm -hmm. Black Widow, mm -hmm. um, just because it was new and that step forward. Yeah. And, and just to hammer home the point that like, that's not in a pejorative sense to Black Widow, because much like the lateral step of the Disney Plus shows, it informs these characters in a way that it makes them that much deeper. Yes. But this is goes hand in hand with getting to know characters and getting to see the universe move forward. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we're clearly in phase in the next phase. And mm -hmm. so far, everything we've gotten in the next phase is characters we already know and and building on that. We know that we're getting all these new characters, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, uh, working on Moon Knight. You know, we're, we're getting all these new characters. And this is the first uh, Eternals, um, you know, the other Spideys, uh, for, you know, and, uh. are they? Are those new characters? Anyways, let's stay on topic. Uh, but <laughs> I think there are rumors. But I mean, if they get brought in, are they new, even though they're familiar? Anyways, stay on topic. Uh, stay on target. Steady. Um, yeah, like, but this is the first new character 
and that was that that's i think what, what helped it made it so much fun yeah well i think that's going to wrap up our pre-spoiler thoughts so let's go ahead and jump into the spoiler zone so like we said you're going to hear an audio cue and on the other side it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the mcu we'll see you on the other side And we're back. On a dark desert highway, <laughs> cool wind in my hair, warm smell um, of colitas rising up through the up air, the <laughs> up ahead in the distance. I'm going to spare everybody else from there going on. <laughs> I, I was enjoying it. Like We talked about this. I, I didn't expect you to go for so long. I almost got my lighter out and started going oh, back and man. forth. <laughs> yes. Which would be very dangerous being in a closet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pull out the tip jar, watch people walk by and not put anything in it. <laughs> well, in the podcasting world, the tip jar is following us on social media. So if you enjoy that performance <laughs> at MCU Need to Know. Well, Jude, I, I think the way we're going to do this, since it's just us, the simplest question, did this movie meet your expectations? Yes. Next question. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for listening. We'd like to thank Nick Sandy. Uh, no, it it did. Like, So one of my, a movie that I truly enjoy, and, and this is where I stopped when you were talking about the choreography, the movie that I, I remember seeing in the theater that I truly enjoyed was the the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the wire work they did, and just how fluid it was, and and the choreography, you know, just the intentional mu- movements, but it felt like a dance. And getting to watch the, this choreography and just seeing how much it was fighting, but it was dancing, I just I, I just loved, you know, even you know when it was like not you know not in the beginning where mandarin and i'm just gonna use mandarin right now met you know his future wife and that was clearly like a a a courtship in the fighting um which was fantastic but even in this like the bigger battles it just felt like a like a dance and i i just loved it you know and and that's you know I guess what I was expecting from the choreography, expecting to see that, uh, which we hadn't seen in the MCU before. Yeah. You know, we have a group text with Tara and I had mentioned that this isn't an original idea, but I've seen this sentiment expressed so often that in musicals, whenever the emotions get so overwhelming, the characters just break out into song because that's the only way for them to express that. Mm-hmm. This takes that feeling, but with fighting. Yeah. And it's so appropriate that you mention the fights feeling like that dance sequence because there is such a huge spectrum of the way this movie handles combat where there is your traditional like, okay, this this is your goal between protagonist and antagonist. They're fighting, but there is that beginning sequence where Wu is meeting with the woman that he falls in love with, where it is fighting, but it evolves into more of that dance feeling. So yeah, I think you're a hundred percent spot on with that. Yeah. And when Shang-Chi at the end fought with his dad and they had the callback to it, you know, and, and I think that kind of is what sparked or helped, you know, Shang-Chi show his dad that like, no, mom's not gone. Mom is with us you know, yeah. through us. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed, you know, the, the ancestor veneration and, and how much of that part of the culture was, uh, was a part of the story. And, and you could see that like 
in that dance in that moment there. Uh, it was it was just it was wonderful. Yeah, you know we're speaking about the action and the choreography of this film. Circling back to one of the things that I was talking about in the pre-spoiler thoughts with the clearly communicated goals of action sequences, the thing that I think that was so brilliant is, it, again, it's an on-ramping where we start off, which it's funny to call the bus fight a, a starting point because it already out the gate is incredible, but that's our beginning point to the till we get to the end, and the thing they did, I think, brilliantly is the task is the pendant. We learn about that in the beginning sequences. We've realized how much it means to Shang-Chi. And then that's the simple goal, which is paired against like, hey, don't die. It works well in tandem. And specifically, the one that I think was the strongest for me is whenever they were leaving the fighting arena from Shang-Chi's sister and they were scaling down the side of the building. Again, the same goal is the pendant, but pair that with them trying to safely navigate the, the the dangers of being on the side of the building and eventually having Katie hanging off the side, that small, easily communicated goal heightens the danger of Katie almost being in peril. And I don't know, like throughout each sequence, I was just completely blown away about how clear everything was. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I yeah. so for me, very quickly, it's like, okay, there's our MacGuffin. Right. And, and watching it. And that's just the, the way I, I think as I watch these these movies. Um, but I liked their use of it. Uh, it's hmm, how do I explain this? So for those who don't know, a MacGuffin is usually an object. Sometimes it's a person. Uh, Hitchcock was really into this, but it's the object that the audience really doesn't know a lot about. And they don't really tell you a lot about it, but it's what drives the story. We got to get this or, or that. Uh, George Lucas, you know, the MacGuffin was the droids and in Star Wars and the, the Death Star plans. And for him, he thought you had to care about the MacGuffin to get the audience in. And, and that was something that really stood out to me with these, with these pendants is it was like, it was an object, but it was definitely something that because it was attached to their mom that they cared about and it helped me care about them. Yeah. You know, and then to see that the there was matching pendants that brought them together, it helps of of finding you know their ancestors. I I really enjoyed the use of it. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's simple effective storytelling because you know those pendants to any like you said it it doesn't mean anything to the audience, but because we got that build up to. Shang-Chi's mom giving it to him and telling him what it means and and the, you know, we will always be with you. It it heightens the emotional feeling of those scenes. Mm -hmm. So again, this is, I'm trying to be careful because I know I love this movie so much that I'm just clearly going to be gushing. And I want to at least, while we're talking about the action, say this. The fighting style of the rings itself may be my new favorite weapon in the MCU. Maybe even over the shield. Because the shield has a lot of meaning, which that's something I don't think can be touched. But as far as just pure mechanics of the weapon, those rings got so many miles out of them. And it was just incredibly inventive. Uh, it was brutal. And it had the ability to like alternate between like flight and just pure force. And it was... It was a surprise to me. I didn't know how much they were going to get out of those rings as a weapon. And I was just continuously blown away by those. Oh, I fully expect to see you wearing rings next time I next time we see each other. 
I passed Target and I saw them in the toy section and I thought about it. I didn't, <laughs> but I thought about it. <laughs> I was picking up a Shang-Chi Funko Pop instead. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed um, that addition to just the the arsenal of the MCU. Sorry, I just I just went to Amazon real quick and just typed in Shang-Chi just to see what toys there were. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're doing a podcast together. <laughs> I was expecting a joke or like a little poking fun. You immediately went to go buy something. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Trey's going to be for Halloween this year. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about the rings, what I really loved was the CGI. I mean, it's Marvel. The CGI is going to be good, but... You know, you have the Great Protector, the Flying Dragon, and the soul-sucking monster that that they had to fight. Um, I can hear it now. Some of the complaints that you typically get from a Marvel movie of, you know, oh, it's the the faceless army that you're fighting, kind of thing. Um, I don't really, I didn't really have that problem, you know. So, and mainly because you know, Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy opened up kind of that door to this mystical and and we started venturing down that and exploring that, um, you know, differences guardians of the galaxy was out in space, right? Dr. Strange was on earth and they kind of teased that, but this, I felt like they just kicked it open with, with the dragon and everything, everything else. And like, it's a place on earth you can get to. That's just this mystical. Um, and I really, really love that they, that, that that's being embraced. And I hope that that in a sequel, you know, or somewhere that th this goes even further. Yeah. Because the world we're introduced to is just breathtaking. Like all the, mm -hmm. the very familiar, but not of earth creatures we were seeing with the lions and the horse and the horrifying faceless winged rat that, that uh, Trevor Slattery had. Like it's such a interesting world that I just want to see more of. It was cute. What do you, you call it, it was, a rat. It's cute. It was... Mm, man, this is a very unpopular week for me. I was complaining about not feeling anything in the Doctor Strange movie, and now I think that thing is not it's, cute. It's <laughs> it's a it's a dog who's not going to, like, steal my sandwich. That... Oh, so that's why you enjoy it so much. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have a mouth to steal my sandwich. This is... Yeah. Amazing. Is that not horrifying to you? Can you imagine, like, not having not having face? to worry about my sandwich being stolen? We, we clearly come from two different worlds. Although I was telling my wife, mine I, full of sandwiches. <laughs> I was telling my wife about that, and she was like, "That's never going to happen." She goes, "I take your sandwiches." <sighs> oh, well, I guess it's time to invest in a new favorite snack. I know. Thing is, is I'm really good <laughs> at making sandwiches. <laughs> That's why everybody keeps <laughs> taking them. You got to make crappy ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know i want to circle back to you what you were saying about the the faceless villains and maybe some of the complaints of the the, the set pieces i think one of the common criticisms the mcu gets is like even on movies where people are like oh yeah i did like that but by the time they got to the end it's like it's your typical mcu cgi fest the thing that I think works so well for this movie is that, yes, it does have your huge MCU spectacle CGI sequences, but it's, again, marrying the narrative to what's happening. So the moment I'm thinking of in particular is whenever Shang-Chi and Xiaoling are on the dragon and she has fallen off and Shang-Chi is like holding on to her with the rings and 
it's this moment that builds to like, hey, you have to let me go so you can do this. We get that story closure of I'm not leaving you again. And he holds on to her. Meanwhile, we have Katie whose whole story arc about finding who you are and finding something to excel in has that sequence winning shot where she shoots through the dragon with the arrow and so everything is just this build up to satisfying narrative conclusions that it's not just a cgi fest it is married to what the point of the Mm -hmm. movie is yeah yeah very well put i love this movie (laughs) we we wait our three Uh, months for it to hit disney plus oh i because if this was on disney plus just in time as soon as i (laughs) As soon as I got home from the theater, I would have had it up again. That's how much I was just like smitten by it. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I did want to bring up because we have gone to bat for Iron Man 3 time and time again. And I even tweeted out on my personal Twitter account my new top five ranking. And I had somebody respond to it as like, I'm so excited. I'm going to see it. Although I'm having trouble understanding what your list is because I see Iron Man 3 up there among other great movies. So misunderstood. Iron Man 3 so so misunderstood. So I feel like I need to speak to a little bit of the Trevor Slattery aspect of this. You know, there were there was a part of me where I was expecting like, hey, he's probably going to be mentioned at some point. They put the all hail to the king one shot on Disney Plus. You don't do it's like whenever a TV show does the previously on and it shows like important scenes, it's signaling that something's coming. So I expected whenever he appeared on screen, it was going to be a one off nod to Iron Man three and move forward. Somehow it worked with Trevor Slattery being a companion because not only did he add that levity, but there's something about the self-awareness that this character has that feels like a nice return to Iron Man 3. So if you've listened to mm-hmm. our, our podcast review, we talked about one of the successful things that that movie does is that it uses quote-unquote terrorist iconography to show the obsession that America has with terrorism and how easily it is for them to be controlled that way. And even though it does that, in a satisfying way, I think there is still some onus on the movie to understand why that's wrong. Having Trevor Slattery returned with his self-awareness of being like, yeah, it was a bit tasteless what I did. I did bring the country to its knees and all that is a vocal embodiment of that realization. So that felt like more than just a one-off joke, but a nice reflective closure of that story. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big question going in. Like, how do you do the Mandarin when you've already done the Mandarin before. And I think they did it really well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they did all hell the king. Like I I don't, I didn't want them to ever walk back what they did on Iron Man three. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I I thought it was great, but I'm Mm -hmm. glad that they did all hell the king. Cause 'cause it opened up that door, you know, for later, Mm -hmm. Um, which again, they walked right through it and, and did it fabulous with it. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, like, because whenever we did our one shot episodes, I I remember saying, like, I don't know how you call back to this without it being awkward. And I think they did well. And one of the ways they kind of do this is when we, whenever they're at the dinner table where Katie, Xiaoling and Shang-Chi are at the dinner table. Wenwu explicitly states there was an American actor who, you know, used my name and he terrorized the country with a fruit. Mm-hmm. And it, so he was like making fun of it right then and there. And 
it it did show the silliness of it. And I think he even specifically mentions the appropriation of it. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. It's it's just nice to get that realization. Like, hey, that was not right. So I'm glad they had that growth. You know, speaking of Winwu, this is my last quick thought. I think he is a top tier Marvel villain. So often when we're discussing the villains in the MCU, we talk about having a character that is in the wrong, but we understand where they're coming from. We may even relate to it, but it is on this path of watching them fail. So it's hard to say a character who used the Ten Rings to conquer for a thousand years, but there is some nugget of relatability to that redemption that he gets at the end whenever he kind of nods to his son as he's passed on the rings before, you know, passing away. And so he, for me, like I think Tony Leung gives a performance that is the emotional through line of this film. And so much of it is working in tandem because the entire cast, the chemistry, the action, the writing is wonderful. But the emotional core of this film is from Tony Leung. And I think that's what allows this movie to shine. Yeah. One of the things like take Thanos and Infinity War. Um, and it was such a good villain because we got to see him. We got to see the inner workings of his mind. You know, why is he doing what he's doing? Um, it wasn't like this power grab, you know, and here in Shang-Chi, like they, he, the, the villain learned that, you know, having all this power wasn't fulfilling, having this family and this relationship is what was fulfilling. And he laid down his power and, and, and the drive to get that back after losing it and feeling guilty of, you know, the family of like, whose fault was it? You didn't, you watched, you know? And didn't step in. Uh, you weren't here, you know, and, and, and wrestling with the loss of a family member and the grief and how it tears a family apart. Um, like that, I think, helped make it a compelling villain that we're not just watching somebody who's just, you know, I'm going to take over the world, you know. Uh, right. and, and I think that's I think that is what makes such a good villain. God, I can't wait to watch this again. There's there's so much to grasp at it that I just I can't get it all in the one viewing I've gotten at this point in the recording, but whenever it comes to Disney Plus, I'm going to be pouring over this movie from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to leave us with just the post-credit scenes to tackle, which we do have two in this movie. Uh, The first one is where Wong is explaining to Shang-Chi and Katie about the beacon that is found within the rings themselves. And the camera pans, and we realize that it's not just Wong who is examining the rings, but we have Bruce Banner, who is not Smart Hulk, and Carol Danvers, who are being projected in through holograms. Uh, So starting with this one, you got any thoughts here, Jude? I was really surprised to see Banner and Carol Danvers. Me too. I was expecting to see Strange since we had Wong there. Yeah. And so that really surprised me. And I I think they're even leaning into it too because Bruce Banner is the first one to speak. So I think the movie's playing into your expectation of hearing another male voice. But when it's not Doctor Strange, who has a very distinct voice from Benedict Cumberbatch, it's a pause of like, wait, hold on. And then it kicks in as the camera reveals and it's just a wonderful surprise to see not just Banner, Mm -hmm. but Carol Danvers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we know they're both coming, right? Like Banner's going to show up in She-Hulk. Carol Danvers, you know, we have the Marvels. I don't know if she's showing up in Miss Marvel. 
it wouldn't surprise me if they got Brie Larson for a cameo on that or even Monica yeah. Rambeau on that. But, you know, her movie's coming. So, but so's Doctor Strange. So, yeah, it, it was, I liked it. I'm glad they went that way. Mm-hmm. And I like what it means for the Avengers overall because Wong was already explaining to him, like, the trajectory of your life has now changed. Go home and get some rest and be ready because something's coming. And not only does that, or is that such a. Or. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Or what? That well, that's what Shang. That's what Shang Chi oh. said. He's <laughs> like, "Come and get to oh. rest." He's like, "Or," <laughs> <laughs> which that reminds me, this should have been earlier. Another one of the common criticisms that this is quick. One of the other common criticisms the MCU gets is that it doesn't allow serious moments to breathe and interjects comedy. This episode, this episode, this movie, I think balanced that so wonderful and compared to all the other MCU movies because it did have its serious moments, but it also had moments like the or or whenever Shang-Chi was giving like a detailed history of his past and the flight attendant interrupts them with their meal options. Yeah, okay, that was the one time where I was like, okay, this is definitely Marvel. Uh-huh. I felt it, but it worked. Yeah, the one with the flight attendant, that was definitely like, okay, Marvel. <laughs> that might be just me being smitten about this movie. <laughs> anyway, jumping back to it, I just like what it means overall because I've never considered Strange part of the Avengers. He felt like somebody that was working with them. But at the end of the day, he would return to the Sanctum Sanctorum and do what he needed to do as a Sorcerer Supreme. Right. The fact that Wong is there speaking to Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers makes me feel like it's it's just as connected as it was in Endgame and that we're seeing the continuation of it. Because one of the things that I talked about with where does Smart Hulk go from here, I really would have liked to have seen him take over for Natasha as being the one to lead the Avengers because he's only he's one of the few remaining left of the original right. Avengers. So I'm getting yeah. that feeling and that's nice. And then and and Carol Danvers seeing that she's staying in touch as well. I'm excited for the future. I'm really curious of what they're going to do with the Tin Rings next. Mhm. So there's a throwaway line where Shang-Chi mentions that his sister is going to shut down the Ten Rings, and that second post-credit scene we get is a realization she has not shut down the Ten Rings. She has taken over and done a lot of wonderful renovations, but ultimately <laughs> has taken over. Yes. I I don't want to see her become the bad person, villain, but... Yeah. But whatever. We'll t- I'll take it. I let's get more of those characters like it was a great and i love it but it was just kind of like oh okay that's not that's not what i was expecting yeah I, it was it wasn't what i was expecting either because it felt like you got that family closure and things would be back to better but yeah it's it's hard to to see how she'll take the 10 rings in a positive direction given the status of that name throughout history mm mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to do it for our quick reactions to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Did you see the movie? We want to know what you thought, which you can reach us at MCDNO on Twitter and Instagram uh, to give us your impressions of the film as well. Of course, you can also join our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, You'll get to interact with us, a number of other guests that's been on the pod, and the community that loves the MCU just as much as you do. Um, And of course, the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. 
We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Welcome to the oh, okay. Hotel I, California. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wasn't sure. Okay. So you want to start that over? Uh, are we doing that now? Yeah. Let's just do a countdown real quick. Uh, okay. Where are we starting? Uh, I think with that. Welcome to the Hotel California. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Welcome. Welcome okay, to okay. the Okay. Let's, 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 do, let's try this one more time. One, two, I think we found our bonus three. social media cut. Okay. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three, and start. Okay. One, two, three. Welcome to, Welcome to, to the, the hotel. hotel. Come on, hotel. man. <laughs> you, what happened? One, two, three, start. I started with you. Is there a delay? There might be a delay. Are we Are we finding out this is not going to be possible? <laughs> okay, let's try this one more time. <laughs> okay. One, Should we back out of the call? No, we're good. Let's try it one more time. Okay. One, two, three. Welcome to the Welcome hotel, to the hotel California. <laughs> Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Such, Such a, a lovely face. <laughs> Plenty of room uh, at the hotel, room at the hotel California. <laughs> Any time of year. Any time of year. You can find it here. I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not using this, are we? <laughs> uh. You could probably think, we're I, separate we're separate tracks. You could probably line us up. Uh-huh. I have a very I want to use the whole thing. <laughs> I'll figure it out in the editing. Okay, cool. But that's so that's so funny. All right. Maybe I should maybe I should hit up Nick Sandy like, hey, can you cover Hotel <laughs> California? <laughs> that's so funny. And if this makes the cut, I would never do that to you, Sandy. Bye. <laughs> All right.